Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. Hi, this is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Practice Hack of the Week. Nobody enjoys spam or junk mail, but there's something particularly aggravating about the dreaded telemarketer call. Maybe it's because deleting emails and tossing out junk mail doesn't hurt anyone's feelings, while hanging up on a live human feels a bit more personal. So I was intrigued to learn about apps that instead of hanging up on telemarketers, actually aim to waste their time by keeping them on the phone for as long as possible. I know, this is probably an awful thing to do to the poor telemarketer on the other end just trying to do their job, but still, kind of tempting. Anyhow, all of this reminded me of a client I had when I was fresh out of school and worked for an organization that provided counseling services for a company that did telemarketing. As you can imagine, being a telemarketer can make for some pretty long and stressful workdays. But this client described a clever strategy that he used to help him get into a better mindset before each call. He posted a big picture of his significant other on the wall behind his phone, right at eye level. The idea being, seeing her face before a call would tend to make him smile and feel less stressed, which would make him sound friendlier and more personable on the phone. It's a cute story, but is there anything to this? Like, should we be stuffing our cases with pictures of the people in our lives who make us feel warm and fuzzy inside? And looking at this gallery of supportive faces before we walk on stage? 102 undergraduate students, all currently in a committed relationship, were recruited to take part in a stress study. The students were randomly assigned to one of three groups, a control group that was instructed to think about their day, a mental activation group that was asked to imagine the presence of their partner, and a partner present group, where partners were actually allowed to be physically present with the participant. To measure stress, participants were hooked up to various instruments that would keep track of changes to their blood pressure, heart rate, respiration rate, and so on. And to establish a baseline, everyone began by watching a series of nature scenes and sitting quietly for 10 minutes. Then a research assistant came in and told them about the stressful task ahead. Four minutes of submerging their foot in a bucket of cold water at around a temperature of 38 to 40 Fahrenheit, or 3.33 to 4.44 degrees Celsius. Before sticking their foot in the water, the control group was asked to, quote, think about your day and what has happened or will happen today. The mental activation group, on the other hand, was asked to come up with a vivid image of their partner, and then to, quote, 
Focus on that image that you created of your partner and draw on it as if he or she was right here supporting you through the task. If you get distracted, just remember to turn your attention back to that image of your partner. The partner present group did not need much in the way of instructions. Their partner, on the other hand, was instructed to sit quietly next to them without talking or interacting with them in any way, to essentially just be a silent observer. So did a partner's presence make the task any less stressful? And did imagining one's partner do anything at all? Actually, yes, to both. The stressful task caused a spike in blood pressure for everyone, but the control group's blood pressure increased by significantly more than either of the two other groups. Interestingly, there wasn't much of a difference in the blood pressure increase of the two partner groups. Simply imagining one's partner seemed to be as effective as having one's partner physically present. To me, this was actually a little surprising, since I would have thought that having your partner there in person would be more comforting than just imagining your partner. But I suppose this is just as well, since imagining your partner in stressful situations is a little more convenient than having to drag them around everywhere you go. Admittedly, an ice bath for your foot and a stressful performance are two totally different types of stress, and blood pressure alone doesn't paint a complete picture of the stress response. But this did remind me of a competition I did in college. My wife, then girlfriend, was participating in the piano division of the same competition and agreed to accompany me so that I wouldn't have to play with a pianist provided by the competition. I was still plenty nervous during the competition, of course, but it was a unique experience to turn around and see my girlfriend and best friend sitting there at the keyboard and to be able to share a quick smile as if to psychically communicate to each other that no matter what happened in the next 15 or 20 minutes, we'd still have us. It wasn't a perfect performance by any means, but I did feel comfortable enough on that day to really go for things and play freely. After everyone was done playing, one of the judges, a really famous teacher who was the kind of person you really want to make a good impression on, walked over in my direction to share some feedback. He started to get excited, but then the gist of his comments were that I should take a closer look at the score when I get home, because the performance I gave was not of the piece that the composer wrote. Apparently, I had taken way too many liberties that weren't called for in the music. I was mortified, of course, but when I shared this story with my teacher, she actually seemed rather pleased. She explained that this may have been the very first time ever I had gone overboard and played too musically, and that it wouldn't be such a bad thing if this was the start of me getting out of my shell a little bit. That's just one data point, but maybe there is something to having a supportive friend or partner in the audience or backstage, or imagining them being for you there on stage, even when they can't be there in person. So going back to the question of whether we should keep photos of supportive friends and family in our case. Well, you certainly don't have to stuff your case with photos, but it probably wouldn't hurt to put a few fun photos in there to remind you that there are people in the world who care about you regardless of how many notes you crack or play out of tune. And this will only make sense if you read the blog and saw the picture at the top of the page, but in case you were wondering what the deal is with that photo with the giant cow, that's my wife and me standing in front of an all-you-can-eat buffet restaurant that we went to after the competition. I was never really one to put photos in my case, but I did put this one in my case. And that's where it has remained even to this day. <laughs>